Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast, a hangtown review. This podcast presented by Fox Racing. BTOsports.com, the nation's leading retailer, and anything you need for your biker body, they've got it. Use the code PULPAMEX to save yourself money when you check out. Great guys, great brand new website. OEM parts as well. And uh, anything you need for your biker body, BTOsports.com has it. Um, I use BTOsports.com to buy, buy a, uh, some parts for my Project 88. And I punched in the code PULPAMEX and I saved myself money. Using my own code, saving myself money, buying myself something. It was weird, but I did it. And presented by Fox Racing, the global innovation leader in motocross racewear, continuing the relentless pursuit to innovate and elevate and be cool. Fox Instinct uh, helmet, uh, V4, V4 helmet, Fox Instinct boot, I mean, uh, airspace performance goggle. Kenny Rocks and Ryan Dungey use Fox, foxhead.com. Visit local authorized Fox dealer. And if they, your local authorized Fox dealer or your local authorized dealer doesn't carry Fox, just walk out. All right, here we go. Hangtown Review. I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line, uh, the proud presenting sponsor of the uh, Lucas Oil AMA Pro Nationals kicked off this weekend with WPS slash Fly Racing. Uh, he was there running the booths, running around, making sure everything was good, trying to watch some races, get his fantasy picks in, trying to make sure he talked to Chad Reed a lot. The Jason Thomas. Yeah, it was uh, an interesting weekend. I'm ready to talk about it. If we had a, if actually we had... excited for a dirt bike race. I was too. I was very excited. If we had a pie chart of your day, okay, what percent is there blame in the pie? There's no blame. This is not a blame pie. If we had a pie, okay, I feel good about it. Then, yeah. What percent of the pie were you dealing with WPS and fly racing kickoff stuff? And what percent of the pie were you doing your normal like checking in with Chad, um, making fantasy? Like, what percentage of this pie would be? Uh, I think I did not go to the pits once on Saturday. Wow. Oh, okay. So, so that's a big... I think that, that, that's speaking <laughs> up right there. That's 100% WPS yeah. pie. I went um, to the pits one time after the race to get my bag out of the truck, out of the BTO truck. Wow. Very big yeah. weekend for you guys, kicking off WPS, presenting sponsor of the uh, Pro National. So, yeah, big it weekend. It was, man. Uh, it was yeah. Exciting and, and a lot of work and a lot of responsibility. And, right. uh, yeah, it was awesome. You got, you got Cole Siebler. You got Cole Siebler running it. So we do, we do. Um, and we had a lot of people, I mean, we had, you know, I would say almost everyone as far as our core group out of Boise there. It was, it was a big day, but a good day. It's funny because I ended up talking to Max this weekend, maybe more than I ever did in my life, uh, at a, at a, in a day race. I don't know why we just Mm -hmm. always, we watched the races together. We talked in the pits twice or two or three times. He brought me a water. Yeah. Max, I saw him a lot. Um, also on the line, RacerX Online Editor, the voice of American Motocross, the Jason Wygant. Yeah. I haven't watched the show yet, but you did you drop the word Winter Series? 
No. Uh, well, I don't know. It depends on what your definition of it. I mean, if you consider Winter Series to mean Monster Energy Supercross, because that's what I called it. No, that's what I mean. Did you call it Monster Energy Supercross? Yeah, Monster oh. Energy Supercross. Not yeah. even just Supercross, right. not anything Supercross. I mean, there would be casual, you know, references to Supercross in general, just Supercross, but Monster Energy Supercross was, was said. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, that's... That, yeah. that, that's what it's called, right? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, okay. that yeah. wouldn't fly in the uh, in the Winter Series. That wouldn't fly. I don't know what you're talking about. Right. Um, the uh, And Chinchilla. You got Chinchilla in, um, which is nice. My Twitter feed blew up with that. So that that's great to see. You didn't really have a problem with it. Like, it, you did some research on a Chinchilla and worked out. Well, yeah, but I needed something to happen that luckily did happen. I was basically... Uh, I should have asked maybe Steve Hudson if he could help me during the uh, chaplain service in the morning. I was basically praying to God that a rider would crash off the side of the track where there was some dust, just <laughs> praying that that would happen. And luckily it did. And then I realized, I'm like, this might be the only time it happens, so when we have a replay, I better get it in. Right. Nice. So it's always, it's always a game of inches. Always a game of inches. Well, I'm not so sure we should keep this game going, though, JT, because, you know, we just – we said that he got some. Go again. We said he got some notes about trying to squeeze in chinchilla. People are on to us. Yes. The last thing we need yeah. is Weege to you know have reminders. I don't like that. I want this to be, you know, not on the tip uh, of your tongue. Yeah, I, I'm with you, but I think we have to we have to keep it going. We have to just try to have to try to reel Weege in a bit. But the game's too good. It's too much fun. It's interactive with the fans. Uh, yeah, I like that part. Yep. Okay. Well, this week's word is Sasquatch. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It's already set. Yeah, Sasquatch. Yeah, what happened, folks, is that they hand, me a, they hand me a stack of cards, and it's like, here's the show coming up on NBCSN after. I even had a car that um, had some preview of a Stanley Cup playoff game. Oh, nice. And it had some weird names of these players that I couldn't pronounce, so I just didn't say it. You mother effer. I just said the, the Ducks and Blackhawks, and I just left the player names out. I couldn't say them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, within this stack of cards, with information like that, you know, here's GoPro's tagline, and mm-hmm. here's Bud Light's tagline. In the cards, all of a sudden, it said chinchilla with the definition of chinchilla, and I'm like, oh, crap. Nah, they're on to you. They're on to you. They're on to me, yeah. Uh, JT. But no troubles when I got it in. Right. No one, no one, yeah. no one. Okay, well, Sas- Sasquatch, bro. Bring it. All right. Um, all right. The, the hills of Glen Helen are full of Sasquatches. Is that Jody Weisel or a Sasquatch in that corner? <laughs> um, uh, and uh, to JT, um, how was your pre-race show and all that? And some technical difficulties, but how was it other than, other than that? It was really good. I felt bad for, for Jimmy because I know, you know what he was dealing with. Uh, by the time I'd gotten to him, which was the last 45 minutes of the show or so, it was like he was about to pull his hair out. <laughs> Uh, and I know he was really frustrated because it was making him look bad. Like he didn't know what was going on Yeah, because he didn't, he had no <laughs> what communication down to the truck. So, so we didn't he was, know what was, was going stressing. on. Right. Right. Yeah. He was stressing pretty bad and you know, it, it'll get better. Uh, but my, I thought my part went really, you know, really smoothly. I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the opportunity. Uh, it was good on all fronts for me. And what do you think of the first TV broadcast? Well, again, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm going to get to it. Well, how was it? Yeah, I think it was pretty good. I haven't watched it back yet either. Um, the first race of the year, I'm usually never too pumped 
on how I think things seem to go in my head. Then mm-hmm. I usually watch it, and I'm like, oh, it sounds like any other race. Right. But in my mind, at least, it wasn't. Uh, we could have done better. But you know what makes a huge difference? There's just a huge difference when the racing is is good, because um, when you have a you know Tomac and Martin in those second motos, you have to keep coming up with things to say because there's no action to call, and that's when you that's when it gets dangerous. You can't say nothing, but you want to make sure that you don't say something that you know like make a point or tell a story that's just not that intriguing. Right. Um, I did have one thing that I enjoyed, and some people on Twitter might have caught this. I mean, we all know it's been a bad season for Pro Circuit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really trying to build that up. I mean, at one point they were, what, first, third, and sixth or something like that right. in the first moto? I mean, it was yeah. it was quite a turnaround. It was what, exactly what they needed. So I was really pounding that point home, and I said, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. By their standards, it was a terrible season in Supercross. Mm-hmm. And then Tyler Bowers immediately hits me up on Twitter. Terrible. We didn't win any races, but we were podiuming every round. And I wrote back, no wins, come on, man, work with me. Yeah. And he's like, I can't believe you guys didn't, you know, Cincerlo and Sonagy were first and second in qualifying, and, you know, it's not like it's a surprise that they're doing this good. And I was just like, you know, I see his point, but I also see my own. But this is kind of the danger zone you get into. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm trying to tell stories and paint it, but sometimes, you know, you're trying to make it sound dramatic. But for the people on the inside, they don't always want to hear it that way. So I yeah. understand where he's coming from. But I... I will stand by that it was a terrible Supercross season for them. I'll stand by it. You just need more of my attitude. Eh, F it. Whatever. Beat it. Yeah, I, I see where he's coming from. I, I, I do, too. Um, I do, too. You know, but... You're basically saying that the team did badly. Like, if you're on the team, you probably don't like to hear that. Yeah. Well, guess who guess, guess who I pulls guess. in a paycheck that says Pro Circuit, and guess who doesn't? Right? Like, <laughs> I mean, guess who, yeah. guess, who I mean, has, guess who has no reason... To say good or bad about Pro Circuit. No reasons at all, no agenda, nothing to say, just offer up an opinion, and who gets a paycheck from Pro Circuit. That's, that, yeah. that's what happens all I the time. In my, these but pits. here's an example. I got myself in a bit of a pickle because I was, I was trying to really play that story up, especially when Cincerillo was leading. Mm-hmm. And then at one point he was no longer leading, and then they had, I think, they were third and sixth or something, which was still good. Yeah. But I do have to admit that kind of made it sound like. Savaji getting a third was, like, unbelievable for the team. Like, they haven't been that bad. Like, Savaji himself has gotten podiums this year at Supercross, so I can mm-hmm. see how that gets misconstrued. But yeah. in general, that's a – I've had problems with riders and their families before. Never anything horrible, but let's say the guy's having a bad season, and I'm like, this is a huge moment for him. He finally got a start. He's finally leading. He's finally – and they're like – in their mind, you're basically saying he sucked all year. Yeah. So they don't yeah. appreciate that. But to me, that's storytelling. Yeah, no, absolutely, right. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah. What, 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 what can you do? You can't. You can't really worry about it. You just got to, like you said, you're trying to make it watchable. You're trying to make somebody tuning in to be like, oh, I want to cheer for this guy, or I want to check it out. And let's face it, Joey Savacci had a, has a, had a decent year, but at no point in Supercross was he even close to beating Bogle and Muscan. You know, had a nice year, good job, but far big gap there. Yeah, between the top two. Yeah, like I, he he passed and got away from Martin for a long part of that first moto. So mm-hmm. in my mind I'm like this is good. Like I know he was second in qualifying. But still he's putting it to the champ right now. I I thought that was good. But yeah. does that imply that that means I think Savaji sucks so when he's beating Martin for 20 minutes this is a shock. I don't know where that line is drawn. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, good luck. Good luck with yeah. everything. Um and yeah. uh, who had Chris Aldridge third overall? I mean, come on, wow, right? Savior, Mitch. I interviewed. Savior. I interviewed Mitch. All the hopes hinge on Aldridge. We all knew this. 
I interviewed Mitch after the race, and he goes, you know, I don't know if you noticed, but he had a rough Supercross year. <laughs> I go, no, I didn't, didn't, didn't notice. Not sure what you're talking about. So, anyways, all right, let's get into this. Um, holy shit balls. Eli Tomac, that's all you can say. I mean, from the first practice to the second moto, the guy, JT, was just on another level. I mean, he he had a minute 21 on Anderson in the first moto. Anderson was in third. He had, oh, I think, a minute on Dunge in the second moto. He was three seconds, minute and a half, minute and a half three seconds faster yep. than anybody else in practice, or just about three seconds. Wow. Wow. That's an, a Ricky Carmichael beatdown right there. I would say wow is uh, close to covering it, maybe just getting started. That was, I, you know, we had a big conversation and after the race and at dinner about, you know, other than Ricky Carmichael's lapping second place in the mud at Millville, I don't know of a time where that was matched. Uh, um, do you guys have anything? Yeah, Dunge was beaten shorty by a minute a couple years ago. You know, when he won I his... I mean, a minute 31? Yeah, I, yeah. I like... Oh, yeah. No, no. He he was... I remember Millville. It was. It had to have been over a minute, you know, to Shorty in second. When 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 RV went out um, a couple years back, Dunge was on... Uh, maybe he was on the KTM. I don't know. But, but okay, anyways, And, and yeah, that, that's it's, fine. It's but you're talking about beating the guy with the reigning number one. Or, well, I guess he wasn't. But a, a former champ. And yeah, he beat Roxon pretty bad, too. Roxon had... championship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. I, get, I get it. No, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it, it was incredible. I mean, I, I still am a little bit shocked at what I saw. Not really some, not even so much on the stopwatch. It's just when I was watching him ride, I was standing out on the track for that moto, and I don't know that I've ever seen anyone go that fast before. You know, because I, I know how the child just ridiculously rough and nasty the track was, and he was literally on every section of the track, he was noticeably faster. I mean, it was an incredible, incredible impressive and i'm running out of adjectives for it but just as much as you think you saw on tv to be impressed in person it was more it just was more yeah so, what do you think that's off to him that's what, all i can tell you what do you think weege yeah i almost am jealous that i was not out on the track like jt because i do think now we're going to probably look back potentially as like you know 10 20 years from now i'll be like dude remember that day at hangtown work tomac just you know, these aren't second-rate dudes. Like, this was Dunge, and Dunge got a good start, and Dunge didn't crash. And Dunge was riding, you know, decent. He got second, but he even manhandled him. Like, this is going to be, I think it's one of the all-time. Like, just like we still, as Carmichael won 150 races, but we still reference the day that he lapped everybody in the mud. Like, it might be like that. And, uh, yeah, TV really doesn't do it justice. I wish I could have been out there to see, because the gaps we have on a, you know, we have a timing and scoring screen to tell us what the gaps are. But to really appreciate what that must have looked like, I don't even know what a minute and a half looks like. It must have, <laughs> like we're just not programmed for a guy to have a lead that big. So, just incredible. And I agree with JT. Every shot we had, honestly, you'd watch him go through a section, and then if we had Dungey going through the same section, you would swear Dungey was riding horribly. But then you're like, no, wait, he's beating 38 other guys. Like the difference between Dungey. And Tomac was so obvious that you could think, man, Dungey must be struggling. Yeah. But no, it was just Dungey was riding fine. Tomac was just that ridiculous. I mean, people, you know, obviously on Twitter and everything, people are like, oh, I'll give him the title. I'm not ready to do that. It's a long season. Let's calm down. I mean, that was an incredible ride. We just finished talking about it for 
you know, five minutes about how he just crushed everybody. But Eli does make mistakes. Um, you know, um, yeah. Let's just, you know, not not. I mean, he's going to be tough to beat. But this is Ryan Dungey that you know we are talking about here. So well, and that's that's the point I was trying to make to a couple people last night was as impressive as that win was and all that. It was still only three points. Yeah. You know, yeah. this isn't this isn't the Tour de France where that minute and a half gets scored any differently. You know, it's just a it's a three point moto win. So uh who knows who knows how we'll go in hell and go. You know, I I certainly am not handing anything to Tomac yet, but it hey, it was an eye opener, I'll give you that. I mean I've never seen uh in this era I haven't seen a win like that. So Yeah. No, it was good, man. He was aggressive, he was jumping farther than anybody, he was keeping his momentum, like just yeah. I mean, I talked to him. I said, hey, like, you know, you, you do pretty good here. You won your first ever race here. And he's like, yeah, but, dude, I've had some rough races here since then. And I looked, kind of looked back a little bit, and he, he, did, he did. He didn't always do great there. I mean, he won his first ever pro race at that track, I think with a 2-2. Wasn't it with a 2-2? But anyways, um, yeah, so it's not like a his track. You know what I mean? It's nothing like that. I didn't grow up there or anything like that. It was just. You know the, you know the question I have is, and, Steve, we were both there, but in Latvia, that was the kind of ride I saw when he came from the back and was mm-hmm. just visibly faster than everyone else. You're just like, holy crap, who is, you know, where did this guy come from? Right. That's what he looked like. So was that, you know, the basically a precursor of things to come and we just saw that happen again? That's the question I'm, I'm interested to find out. Is that what we're going to see moving forward every time? Because that was the last thing we saw from him on an outdoor track before this. So it was... It was impressive. I mean, I feel like I'm I'm searching for words to describe it because I was no. I was literally that impressed. The best way to describe it is just like like I said, Carmichael. That's what Ricky did all the time. Yeah, and Stu. <laughs> all, all I think the time. Stu as well. Yeah, Stu too. In the summer of Stu, uh, although Ferry, let's face it, Ferry pushed him to the end at a lot of those motos. That's how I remember it. <laughs> you guys remember that? Yeah, I think you may have a revisionist history, but no, I remember Ferry pushing him for most of those okay. races that right. summer. And then I seem to remember him getting hurt and Timmy going on to win the national title. Well, I think, you know, they say that the, the victors write the history books, but yeah. <laughs> I think you're like the runner-up writing the history books. Right, right. Either way. Either no, way. It, like I just, but look, and I don't want to rain on any Eli Tomac fans parade. And again, but he, I think he makes too many mistakes for us to just be like, oh, it's over. You know what I mean? Like we've seen him struggle with some starts. We've seen him make mistakes in Supercross. Now, certainly, right now, and we'll talk about Roxon. it doesn't look like he can do any worse than second. And please, God help us, that this series doesn't turn out like what we had this weekend <laughs> the rest of the way, because uh, that's, not very good. that's not very good for our sport or very exciting to go to every weekend. But, so let's hope that doesn't happen, and I don't think it will. But I just, he, still makes well, some, he still makes some mistakes, so let's, you know, let's I, see. I, I got a couple things. Uh, first of all, the first round... Sometimes it does pretty much reflect the way the whole season goes. But if there's one race that has the potential where something unbelievable happens and then it ends up settling down and it's not that unbelievable, again, like that magic doesn't happen again, uh, it, it, the first round, this does happen sometimes. We know everyone is, and again, I don't want to take anything away from Tomac. I mean, it's not like this is some 10th place guy who did this. This is Tomac. We all know he's as fast and good and talented and works as hard as anyone out there. Mm-hmm. Had just as good a shot winning this title as anyone. So it's no slouch we're talking about here. But round one, you know everyone's guessing to a degree, for example, a bike setup and things like that. Some gets right, some gets wrong. Um, 
you know, just to give you an idea, I mean, Martin absolutely destroyed everybody the first couple of motos last year, and he did go on to win the title, but halfway through the year, it was like Baggett, who was not even close to him at the first few motos, eventually was with him once Baggett figured stuff out. So just the round one alone means there's a chance that it's an anomaly. Uh, and Dungey, Dungey was pretty pointed after the race saying that he was not, he didn't have his stuff figured out. And he even said, this is quite candid from Dungey in the press conference, and he's like, I don't want to sound cocky, but I just have a feeling that Eli is already where he needs to be and as good as he's going to get, and we're not even close. And I think Dungey's, okay, he's been beaten by Villapoto outdoors, but usually every one of those seasons he would at least get to the point where he was matching him somewhere, some way. You know, I can't imagine he's just going to get waxed by a minute every moto. I just can't see that happening. <laughs> no. Even no. with Villapoto, he would get close and beat him every once in well, a while. Hey. So you got to keep that in mind, I guess. Hey, the first moto, he got to within three seconds. It was five for most of the time. Then he got to within three with some lappers, Eli yeah. said. And, you know, then, then kind of Eli stretches back out. And then I think on the last lap, Dunge Cruz, I think it was about 10 seconds. So, you know, the first moto, he was right there. Yeah. And Tomac told me they made changes for the second moto, and he's like, Tomac said he even surprised himself how much better things got. Mm-hmm. And then Dunge made changes, and they went the wrong direction. So, again, I'm not trying to make this sound like it was nothing. I mean, it's definitely something, and there is a very good chance that this is the way the season is going to go, but it's not a guarantee. Round one has been weird right. in the past. Sometimes oh. it holds up, sometimes it doesn't. Lots of talk about Kenny Roxon before the race, about being one of the guys and, and, and you know, talking about if his ankle's healed. And, and I, I kind of said something about I'm hearing a lot of things about, you know, not that great around that team and around Kenny. And I, I heard, we heard a back injury at some point. Um, he didn't ride press day. And I'd heard a back injury earlier in the week as well was going to hold him back. But, I mean, this is uh, – I don't know. I, I saw. I got, got a. I got a couple people on Twitter that were a little upset about the way the team played this, with not a word, not a mention. Again, I had heard it, but I, and I alluded to it, but I didn't want to really go public with it because I didn't. I couldn't back that source up. How do you feel, Weege? I mean, should they have come out and told us? And then you know, Kenny tweeted a photo of him in the hospital bed uh, after the race. This is what happened. He's got a stress fracture in his back. I mean, should we, as a sport or the fans, should we be a little ticked off at this? Yeah, I think so. I mean, this is not just them. This has been a long-running thing in the sport uh, for whatever reason. I'm not sure what the deal is. Uh, but now it's like it's been done so many times that it's become like this well-orchestrated thing. And, again, not just by them. It's like there's been 30 years of refinement of the how to cover up an injury thing. And this this is the level we've gotten to now. It's just so bizarre. Like, I don't – I just don't get it. And we were – once we knew – okay, yeah, we did hear – you know, Saturday morning, hey, he might be hurt. Then after practice, we knew for sure he was hurt. He was like 24th fastest. That's just a joke. Like Ken Roxon healthy, that just can't happen no matter what. With a flat tire, he probably isn't going to get 24th. So then we're like, okay, we know for sure something's wrong. We heard his back. And then basically the conversation goes to what is the point of hiding it, especially now? But it's not like anyone doesn't know. He was 24th fastest. It's over. Right. Yeah. Just say it. Uh, so I don't – hey, I'll turn it to the racer, JT. The only theory I ever hear is, okay, in this example, would it mean that Dungey normally is, like, going to the line for the first moment? You're like, mm, I don't know. We don't know where Roxon's at. And then when he hears Roxon is hurt, it just turns Dungey's confidence up. Is that 
the type of thing that this is supposed to do? It is turns that the him, idea. What it's like Bruce Banner. It's Bruce Banner. Like it's Dungeon. He's all normal, and then he hears about Roxanne's back, and he just breaks out of his clothes and he turns orange. He just becomes this incredible raging racer. Yeah, right. It's so right. stupid. No, you, you know, and I know, I know your theory on this match. I know how much you hate it, but I, I think that there's some validity to it in this in this scenario. So, say Roxon gets a whole shot, which he did quite a bit, uh, and ha- usually does. Uh, and say it's you know the 15 minute mark, the 20 minute mark, whatever it is, and and Dungey's precariously back there as he tends to do, um, and he knows that Roxon's hurt. I think it adds confidence because if if you're getting tired in that second mode and you're the twenty minute mark, you know how you're feeling. Imagine how Roxon's feeling with a jacked up back. You know, he can't he could he can't even ride. He was in a hospital this week. It just it just gives you more confidence. Like, hey, if I'm hurting, I just gotta stay in it because this guy's hurting way worse than I am and I'm gonna get him here soon. Like he can't he can't hold on much longer. Yeah, but JT he was twenty fourth fastest in practice. I, I get that. Like it was already I mean, the, the, the curtain was pulled. That going no, in. I know they don't know that going in. The curtain was pulled. You know what I mean? It was over. Right, right, like, right, right. I, and I understand. I'm just saying, going into the weekend, there's a reason to hide it because what if he goes out there and does get the whole shot? You know, they're just giving away a little edge that they don't have to give away. Well, well guess what? I understand it, your side. I understand your side of it. I'm not arguing with you. I'm just trying to shed light on why someone may think that's the right thing to do. At the end of the day, the results speak for themselves. And if Kenny, let's say you're right doesn't tell anybody, pulls a whole shot, you know, is, is decently doing okay, and then the pain in his back overcomes him, and Dunge passes him late in the moto. Guess who's using his back as an excuse after the race? Kenny Roxon. Oh, man, I've been dealing with some back injuries, and it caught me in that moto, and, and Ryan was able to catch me. So, yeah, all right. So we all, all of us idiots, and talk about the back and this and that. So he's now using it as a reason, a legit reason, a legitimate reason. He's using it as a legitimate reason why he got beat. And so now the, sh- the curtain is pulled again. Either way, any way you want to have it. His back is jacked up. He can either do it or he can't. That's it. Bottom line. And especially after practice, being 24th. I mean, it's just, it's just silly. He's a defending champion. You know, he's number one plate. He doesn't show up for press day. Nobody really knows why. Kind of talk about, like, just come out and say it. Just come out. and Like, look, 24th fastest in practice, clearly he was pretty jacked up. So at clearly by press day, they knew, hey, we're in trouble here. It wasn't like something like a small injury. So just come out and say it. Get, get, get I, I think at that point in practice, you might as well just drop it. But I think any time before that, you don't really know. So I think they were holding on as long as they could. But I, I, I do agree. Once he's out there and can't even ride around, because I was watching him. I was on. I was standing out there watching him in practice. And yeah, he looked, it's actually amazing he, he got 24th like fastest. <laughs> it's actually yeah, amazing. he looked like he was 75 years old. Right. Seriously, he's hunched over, uh, a la Barry Carson. You know, it's like he because I know his back was just killing him. And he couldn't. He looked like he couldn't straighten his back is what it looked like. And I'm sure he probably couldn't. Um, uh yeah. So at that point, I, I completely agree. Just you know, throw your cards on the table. Obviously, he's not right. You know, you're not hiding anything at that point. So right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, yeah. One of those things. Weeds. You talked to Mark Johnson, team manager, a little bit, right? You tried to talk to Kenny. Didn't really get anywhere. Sorry. Sorry. I'm, I'm on mute. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> every I talked to them, and it was quite shady and everything. But this was before practice. I can't say that if I'd gone to them at 12:30 
in the afternoon after the 24th that they wouldn't be like, yeah, okay, obviously okay. everybody knows, so we'll just put it out there. Well, so I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. They might have if they were asked after practice. But beforehand, it was uh, I got it. everyone was afraid of getting caught. I'm very – su- okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just – I'm very – su- okay. yeah. mm-hmm. Go ahead. Why? I'm very surprised he lined up for the Moto2, uh, judging off Moto1. And I can only imagine the elephant tranquilizer that he must have had in him to improve that much to Moto2. Well, yeah, here's my biggest question. My biggest question the whole weekend. Now, I'm not, okay, they didn't tell anybody whenever this happens all the time. I'm not going to blame them specifically. Everybody does that. Why didn't they give him whatever they gave for Moto2 before Moto1? Like, why did it get better? Yeah, good point. I don't know. Maybe we'll, let's ask a chiropractor. Think again, like, Oops, sorry. maybe you can my cut bad. it out without this. And then they found out, okay, you can't, so let's try it for Moto2. Like, what? There's I don't no way know. it loosened up. There's <laughs> no way. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, look, the, the pain meds, pain masking, it goes on in our sport. It's, it's asterisk, doles it out. It's fine. Some people like to yeah. think of it as a dirty secret. It's not. It's part of the game. Um, it's not illegal. No, no. But, yeah, I'm no, with you. He like, was, in my opinion, he was 100% shot up in that second Moto. Oh, without a doubt. But Yeah. But, okay, so... Let me ask you guys Why this. Not the first moto. I don't. I don't know, and I. I wonder the same thing. I don't know if they maybe mismanaged the time frame. Uh, I, I don't know. Tough to say. Mm-hmm. I. I would think that they would have a better handle on that. Maybe they, the dosage wasn't right. Who knows? You know, too, we're completely speculating from the outside, but there was a huge difference. Honest, honestly, I mean, the, with the Millsap scene that's going down now, uh, yeah. Who knows if they even went to Asterix? Maybe they just went to a chiropractor. And look, call me a dick, whatever. Like, like. I see things in the sport where I'm like, multi-million dollar riders are doing decisions that the team doesn't know about. And I'm not saying in reference to this Kenny Roxon thing, but we've seen it now. We saw it. A guy got fired. And so, you know, what's going on? Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's just bizarre. I mean, I remember when I was with KTM and Grant Langston was winning, and he was a million dollar rider anyways, and he hurt his shoulder, and the team just left him back after Southwick with us. To, to hang out between Bud's Creek and he was going to go see a local MD out of his house or something to try to, you know, I'm just like, what? This is like your guy that's leading the points. Anyways. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Rant over, but I'm just, I, I'm, I, I don't know, you know. And, and maybe I'm totally off base and it was totally handled by Asterix and everything was cool. But sure seems weird, that's for sure. So, the, okay, so my point is. I just want to tell my funny story of the denials during the day. I give Mark Johnson credit over there with the team. He said, uh, yeah, I'm going to tell you Kenny's 99.9% right now, and at the end of the day, he can come on by and tell me I'm a liar. And I'm like, I got you. I got you. Like, he knows he has to play the game, whatever. That's fine. But the, the most awkward part was, okay, so really no one has even really seen or talked to Kenny in like three months, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't go to press day. He hasn't been in the public talking to anyone in a while. So I see him down in staging, and I'm like, well, I just should have some small talk with the guy and just see what's up. Like, I have no idea there's an injury. I have no idea. Right. I know nothing about this. I literally, I didn't hear anything about it. I wasn't there to know he didn't ride press day. I figured he didn't ride press day because I just blow that stuff off all the time. So I'm like, hey, man, how you been? And he's like, good. <laughs> and I'm like, are you ready or you just have to be here because it's round one, like the ankle and everything? Like, are you 100%? And he's like, yeah. And he's thinking I'm grilling him. Like, yeah, <laughs> I know what you know, and I'm going to get this out of you. Right. But I have no idea. I'm just saying, hey, what's up? And yeah, eventually like... he just turned away. And I'm like, man, this guy really has turned into a dick. Like, 
it's all gotten to his head. Like, Kenny used to be cool, but he's totally blowing me off and giving me one more answer. like, what a dick. <laughs> and then when I heard he was hurt, it was actually like a relief. Right. I, like, I just, oh. I, I don't, I don't get our sports sometimes. I'm just, maybe I, I need to just go away. Seriously, I need to just go away. Because a lot of my viewpoints, a lot of my thoughts are just not, not what people believe in. And I, apparently I'm the idiot. I'm the old man yelling off his porch. You know what I mean? I'm turning into that. I'm turning into the old man on the porch yelling at people to stay off my lawn and, you know, trying to fit off, trying to play, trying to work a smartphone. You know how you see old people trying to work a smartphone and they don't know what they're doing? I'm that guy. Yeah. Because if, I, if I've got this million-dollar rider and the defending champion, I'm like, hey, man, he's got a sore back. Uh, he's hurt his back. Um, we're really working through it. We're hoping for the best. It's going to be a struggle. And whatever he does, he's a goddamn hero because he shouldn't even be here. That's what I say. And let's hope for the best, everybody. But, nope. Yeah. Okay. And he really was. Like, he's hurt for sure. Like, that was an all-time gritty, gutty effort. Okay, so, like, my, damn, so, so, my next, so my next question is, JT, do you trot him out again this weekend? I mean, do you, I mean, obviously you give him that same shot or whatever, but do you keep – how long do you keep this up? Because he's already, you know, significant amount of points down. Well, I think it depends on, you know, the medical diagnosis. You know, is this going to get better quickly or no? Because I, you know, I don't know that I – we really haven't got a definitive answer on what's actually hurt. Um, you know, I've heard vertebrae, I've heard, you know, stress, stress fracture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I'm not a doctor. I don't know timeframes and can you injure it more? That would be a concern. But the second motor was, was promising. You know, if this is something that's going to be, you know, two weeks from now, right. you should be close to a hundred percent. If he can ride like he did the second moto, I think you have to, I, you know, that, because if you, you know, it was a tale of two, you know, sides basically because the first moto I was like, yeah, get him out of here. He needs to go home. Right. You know, like, he, he needs to heal up. This is not okay. He can't ride, clearly. Then the second moto, I was like, well, I don't know. Like, if, if that's the case, then he's got a shot at this thing. He's going to give up points. But, you know, if, he, if he's going to get better soon, you know, if you're saying by Lakewood he's going to be pretty close, then, yeah, I think you do. So I, that's the question. I don't know that they know the answer, but I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I, you know, I think a doctor, they're going to have to – get a lot of smart people in a room and make some, some hard decisions uh, and look at real timelines. Yeah, no, absolutely. He said on TV that uh, he was pretty forthcoming on TV, but, you know, again, that was after practice and after the first moto and all that, so at this point it's known. But he, he said that it doesn't, it's not going to get worse, you know, it's just how much pain I can deal with. So if that's the case, that's one thing. But you ha- I just the thing I fear for his sake is I can't imagine that it feels better, <laughs> like, after this. Right. After an hour of racing on that rough track that this is probably not the best way to heal. No. So No, it seems like something that would keep haunting you, you know? Right. And what's really scary about it, once we realized he was hurt, I mean, my first thought in the morning, I said to Langston, I'm like, dude, we could be in trouble here because Kennard's out. There's a good chance that oh, there's three guys, Tomac, Dungey, and Roxon, and no one's going to be able to match them. And if we just lost Roxon, too, now we're down to two guys, and we're one disaster away from somebody just clobbering everyone. And unfortunately, that's already kind of born well, out there. the battle for third was good, though. Jason Anderson goes 3-7 for third overall. Pike goes 8-3. Uh, Baggett is 4-6. Uh, Baggett was all over Roxon in the closing laps of that moto and needed him for third overall, and he knew he needed him for third overall. So that was an exciting race. Um, you can throw, you know, really all these guys looked pretty impressive. And I thought Brock Tickle was Archie pretty good. was in there. What? 
Barsha was in there, second moto. Yeah, Barsha was was all right. First moto, he lost yeah. his goggles, and I, I think he crashed and lost his goggles, or did he just lose his goggles? I'm not sure, but pulled off. No, he crashed into a fence and got his bike stuck on a fence. Oh, okay. Yeah, he crashed yeah. pretty bad. Um, yeah. And Purcell was pretty good in the first moto. So we might have a nice little battle going for third here. I thought, I mean, Anderson kind of did the Anaheim one thing where he, you know, he hadn't been hadn't great results. He missed Vegas with a with an injury, um, and then he comes out and makes the podium. Uh, it's kind of a surprise, right, JT? Yeah, I mean, that was uh, an impressive ride. I didn't see that coming. Uh, I would be probably call you a liar if anyone could say, yeah, I just saw Jason Anderson coming out and and coming mm-hmm. from behind to get third, right? So, yeah, uh, good ride. Yeah, know, especially well. the first. First ever outdoor on a 450. Um, great moto. Second moto, he got a little tired for sure, but still decent. Pike, I talked to Patty, Pike's mechanic. I'm like, dude, what was going on in the first moto? Because Weston was going backwards, and that's weird. And he's like, yeah, I said he didn't like the setup or whatever and got arm pump. And I'm like, well, you changed it, right? He's like, yeah, second moto, we changed it. I'm like, don't. Okay, start next weekend with this setup. He's like, duh. Like, uh, Weston was good in that second moto. Weston was really good in that second moto. Yeah, he was. I, you know, and, and that's happened to me before with the setup thing, especially at Hangtown, uh, because I feel like the Hangtown's bumps are really, really choppy. Mm-hmm. They're hard, hard bumps. So uh, it usually happened to me when my setup was a bit stiff. I just feel like that it kind of heightens the, the harshness of the bumps, and you have to hold on so tight that, man, you, you pump up immediately, especially when you're trying to go fast because Weston was up front. So clearly he was pushing the pace, and then you – hold on too tight because the bike's not where you want it. So kind of all these things compound each other. Some sort I would assume they probably, uh, I'm just guessing, but I would think he maybe went a little bit softer to second moto for the rough track. And clearly it paid off because yeah. he was like a different guy from the second half he, of the moto on. And he was way back of Barsha early on. And he just worked, 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 worked to get, to get by Justin. So good job by Pike. Um, and Tickle came from a ways back in both motos. I don't know if you guys noticed, but six overall for Tick. And he rode well, showed good endurance. Like, like he he just wouldn't quit. He, he wasn't blazing fast, but he was looked like he was in really in good shape, and he could go the same speed all moto. And he would just slowly get dudes that kind of fell back, you know. So I thought Tickle well, was pretty he, good. Yeah. Have you have you uh, ever met Brock Tickle? That's kind of what he does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Weege, what do you think of Porcel? His debut. I think it was actually pretty good, um, and maybe this is because we just have this fear of the trap door with Porcel, like, it's like with no one else do we have this extra level of, it could go, you know, okay, or really good, or really bad. Like, it's just not, the expectations of this disasterness thing don't really cross your mind with um, most riders, but with him, you always have that in the back of your mind, like, this could be Hank Town four years ago when he was at Moto Concepts, and just, I'm not even going to, I think he just didn't even finish the second Moto, because he didn't like the setup. Like, there's always that in the back of your mind. So to me, obviously this thing came together pretty late, and he acquitted himself well. Uh, it wasn't bad at all. So I, I, I think for him, this is a win. It wasn't bad. It was, it was a good showing, but it was eerily a lot like last year in many, many races. Would you guys agree? Really? Would, you guys agree would you agree? The second moto, maybe. I don't know. No, well, no, the good qualifying, the good first mm-hmm. moto, getting tired in the second moto and getting, getting, having a worse second moto score. Yeah, well, he's remember the second moto thing. I think he's saying now. I think he has said that you know a lot of those problems he had. He had those internal problems and whatever it was back in the two fifty days. And I think he said at least that that's better. But I mean, 
his track record has pretty much always been for whatever reason. Be it just tired, be it these internal injuries. He's never quite solved this second moto problem. No, I, so, I, I guess well, you're right. Yeah, but so I that, wouldn't say it reminds me of last year. It's kind of the way he's always been. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, no, just his reappearance. You yeah. know what I mean? His reappearance on the scene last year was, you know, very much what we've always seen from him, and we saw it again. But still, I think a good debut considering the short time. Like fifth in the moto? That's what I mean. I yeah. mean, with him, you just have to remember there's the potential of it going unbelievably bad. And it wasn't that at yeah. all. So I say that's good. Freddie Noren, JT. Noren was ninth overall. I didn't realize I knew Freddie was in their mix. You know, I watched both motos, and I always knew he was around the 10th place guy. And But ninth overall, that's a good that's a good spot. Good start. That's a great start. He was in that battle with Metcalf, Purcell, Marsha, Brayton, all those guys. Well, in the second yeah, moto, Brayton, Brayton too. And yeah, they were going for it. They so were. He was yeah. legit. Yeah, and he was ag- absolutely legit. And again, though, like going back to three seven seven, and I know people may say like I'm picking on him or something, but Porcel lost like four spots in the last couple laps. Could have been a and lot he was better. Completely moving over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he was done. Done. Throw yeah, the white flag. Yeah, he, I mean, if, if if he was literally looking back to see who was coming, like, and then moving. So he. He was done at that point, and, it, and you know, he'll get better, but no, I know. he, he had nothing left. Well, the, sure. the, the white flag matched the white husky that, right. he, that he threw. But uh, good job for Freddie Norn. Man, that's good because uh, the field's, field's tough. Uh, Metcalf, seventh, solid course. Metcalf going to be there for the first two rounds. Um, I think I actually nailed that fantasy pick, too. I think I had him seventh. You know what I mean? He just seemed like he would be a seventh-place guy and he'd coming off the couch even, you know, because uh, even though you never believed in him, Metty's solid. Oh, yeah, that's right. I think, what was the JT and I said he would suck balls? That, you said what you said <laughs> to him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly Sounds right. right. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, don't, I don't believe we ever actually use those words, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, Nicoletti? Well, I'm going yeah. to help the riders out there out. I'm going to give everybody a little tip. All you got to do is tell Mathis one time that you like some of the stuff he writes. And <laughs> for life. It's a bond for life. Go get a tattoo. Right. Go get a tattoo yeah, with yeah. your number on No, I have Medi on my lower back. I have Medi right across my oh, lower back. Did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you I got it. Did it. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Nicoletti, tenth overall. Good job for Filthy Phil. Crashed pretty good in his practice, I guess. I didn't see it, but heard it was pretty good. Yeah, we did happen to catch it um, on our practice show, and I was like, "Dude, you know how unlucky you are that in practice there's just forty bikes all over the place. We don't even know necessarily who to aim for it. For some dumb reason, the camera was on you at the exact moment you were crashing." It was great. <laughs> so so classic, filthy Phil. Right, right. Um, yeah. Brayton was all right. We, JT, what'd you think of Brayton? I mean, eleventh in the second moto and kind of charging, kind of moving forward. I told him after the race, look, if you can get, if you can leave Glen Helen or Lakewood like around the top ten, you're golden. So he agreed. Yeah, I think he expected a little bit more because he's been having some really good lead-in weeks to this race. But uh, I think the second moto was certainly much better than the first. So. Mm-hmm. I think if you flip those motos, it's much uglier. Did you hear about his qualifying time? Like, okay, so he was. Now this is all according to the team, so I don't, I don't, I can't back this up. I got no proof or anything, but I saw the glitch happen. I was watching live timing, and I saw the the live timing go all crazy, right, up up and down, and this and that. Now the team says that Brayton was like sixth overall, and the second practice was way faster. Everybody, so the team said Brayton was about sixth overall. There was a glitch in the live timing. It went all over the place, and it lost Brayton's time, so he started 24th. And I'm like, really? Like, that's just what I – he's like, yeah. Yeah, they just said, ah, sorry. 
I'm like, that's weird. Did you guys hear anything about that? I don't know. Like, I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. I saw the glitch happen. Like for a while, like Nick Schmidt. There was two Nick Schmidts. He was second and fourth. He was doing great. Yeah. Neither one of them finished either moto. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah, I know exactly. Right. Um, and and so you know, I saw the glitch. It was up and down. It was weird. There was a bunch of dudes in there. But I just and I never heard anybody else. I just heard Brayton lost his time. So Brayton went from sixth overall to twenty fourth. I'm like, wow, geez. So sucks to be you, Brayton. Uh all right, JT, Chad Reed, the floor is yours. Uh Glenn Helen. <laughs> We're moving on to Glenn Helen. What, what, who was who, who always said that? What, what coach was saying that? We're move, oh, oh, Bill Belichick. We're moving, Belichick. On, we're moving yeah. on to Glenn Helen. Yeah. But, but, but JT, yeah. what about Chad Reed's first moto? Well, we're looking forward to uh, the Indianapolis Colts. And, uh, and, but, hey, and, and he, got the, he got great starts, but he really went backwards. Yeah. Glenn Helen's going to be good. Long start. Fast <laughs> bike. We're moving on to Glen Helen, everybody. <laughs> well, look, the, the positive thing was his starts. So, good job on that. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have any answers for you. I interviewed, uh, him after the, I interviewed him afterwards, and as, as I was walking up, he's like, oh, this should be good. <laughs> I'm like, all right, we don't have to do this. He's like, no, we can't. <laughs> what, did he, what did he have to say? Um, he said that, like, the year that he won Hangtown, I think he beat – did he beat Dunge that year? Did he win or get he second? Did, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he did. The year he won, I asked him, like, maybe it's a prep thing, like you're racing Supercross or whatever, you know, and I'm trying to give him an out, and he wasn't taking it. You know, people like on, on social media like to say that Chad Reed's full of excuses or whatever, but he's really not. He just does, you know, say things that's on his mind that could be bothering him. But I said, you know, maybe you didn't have enough prep. He's like, ah, I won Hangtown without, without even getting a 30-minute moto until the first moto of the National. And I'm like, okay, well, why don't you just slap on, you know, what you know, work for your bike? And he's just like, ah, I thought I did. I thought I did. <laughs> so, yeah, it wasn't good. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think there's any, any. I don't think he was happy about really anything. Anything other than his start, right? And you know, we covered that. I, you know, we're moving sure on. He's probably got a lot of head scratching going on himself. So. We're moving on to Glenn Helen. Pretty uh, much. Uh, Will Hahn, ninth overall qualifying. That was good, but terrible motos. I talked to him after the race. He's bummed. You know, he knows he's. It sucked that he said to get you know work that bad, but. Just uh, Weege, just good to have him on the track, and yeah, hopefully he gets better from here. Wasn't a great debut. Yeah, I talked to him and uh, Tommy Engsman, and uh, Tommy said he has one goal really this summer, and that's to battle Will at some point because they've never really done it. Mm. Um, I think yeah, did he get the better of him? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, Will was right so, behind him for a while, and then thirteen oh, sixteen yeah. for Tommy. I I didn't check in with Tommy after the race. I know it's weird. No, no, no update. No, it's really strange. Okay. I wish him the best of luck this year. Uh, yeah, he beat. Tattoo? You have a tattoo? You have a tattoo? Exactly. Uh, Thirteen sixteen for Tommy though. So and Matt Lemoyne sixteen eighteen. Kyle Cunningham. I uh, said he got rammed from behind in the first turn, and he was limping pretty good. But he had a decent first moto for a guy in a four fifty fifteenth place for Kyle Cunningham. So. Um, Chiz, don't count out Chiz. He rode good. Chiz wasn't very pumped on himself on his life, but the, well, Chiz, oh, no. Chiz was pumped because. Cowie really came through for him. Cowie got him a tank, a bike, spare heads, spare parts. I mean, he has motors. He's got to give some stuff back. But it sounds like with Davey being out, 
that Chiz basically backed up his truck to the Cowie Parts Department and they hooked him up. So good job by, for Cowie to do that. Good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So Chiz, yeah. I told him, I'm like, I think you're going to be riding Cowie's for a long time. He's telling me all the parts. Is, yeah. Chiz, is Chiz the longest winded motocrosser in the pits? Could be. Uh, is there anyone yeah. who talks? I mean, Moose Gang has a different style. Moose Gang can go on, but mm-hmm. it's a different style than Chiz. Mm-hmm. Chiz will tell yeah, you. I think you're right. Yeah, Chiz will. I mean, great job. Yeah, no, we're all friends with him. Yep. Um, yep. All right, hey, let's take a commercial break here. Uh, BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Listen to this commercial from Racetech. Save yourself money. Let's go on to the uh, 250 class when we get back here. Hey, thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Racetech people, Racetech.com. These guys have been in business for over 30 years, supplying racers, riders, and tuners with factory-level suspension to everyday racer. There's a lot of top suspension guys in the pits that got their start with Racetech. Trust me on this. There's a, more than a few guys that have learned underneath Paul Feed and gone on to, uh, to great things. Paul Feed, the original suspension guru. I guarantee you, eh, probably... 82.7% of you people listening to this podcast need some sort of suspension work, whether it's uh, just a simple oil change with new bushings and seals, give your bike some love, whether it's the right spring rate for your weight and or speed, or maybe you just need some revalving on the machine to uh, help you uh, take first place in that Chicken Licks Raceway. Something something uh, on your bike needs attention for Racetech. I guarantee you. Freeze, Gilmore. Some of the guys just using uh, Racetech Privateer Proven. They work with uh, Ben LeMay also. They're back with Ben LeMay. And uh, they offer a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. These springs are called high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for their rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. You want to save 10% at uh, Racetech? Go to Pulp MX 2015 when you order. You can save 10% at Racetech.com. And they're uh, proud sponsors of this podcast, and we thank you guys. All right. Back to the show. Here we're back. BTOsports.com, RacerX Podcast, presented by Fox Racing. Uh, 250 class. Well, we had a ton of questions about Adamson Cirillo. A ton coming in. JT, you and I were getting it from all angles. Uh, Moto 60 show and Twitter and everything else. And I think I stand by what we said. There are a lot of question marks. But I think we now, going forward, we can say Adamson Cirillo will be in the top five on the podium in championship contention the rest of the way. I think we saw something uh, very promising from him at Hangtown. Am I too? Am I too excited, JT? Am I too too hopeful? I don't think so. I think he's he's got a little bit of work to do as far as doing that twice to beat Jeremy Martin or Muskan. But yep. the, the speed is there. He obviously proved that we can work with speed. Can um, yeah right no I, yeah I, th- I think that uh, like I said top fives podiums and maybe wins right that's now immediately yep. where he's where he's fitted in. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt about it. Are you surprised? I'm not I'm not really surprised. I expected him to be in the top five. I was surprised at the first moto. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I think he was he had a little gap there. And and I was I was surprised that he was fastest in both practices. Right. But yeah. you know, the rest of it I thought would be more where he was, kind of in that top five area, mm-hmm. not running away with the first moto. I didn't think that was gonna happen. Weege, surprised? No. No, I'm actually not. Like, like uh, we said when we did the our picks and our preview, I, I said I think when you're special, you're special, and there's always the potential of that happening. Like, would I put money down that he was going to win both practices and, and lead the first moto? No, but at no point when I saw it was I like I did not think this was possible. Just when you're special, you're special. It's the same thing with Tomac. Like, 
these aren't chumps that we're talking about here doing stuff like this. These are guys that have talent, and they're good. So I wasn't surprised. I actually was almost relieved because there's nothing more tragic than a guy who should be good, could be good, is trying to do all the right things, and then just for nothing but injuries, not his fault, mm-hmm. the career gets derailed. Right. So to me, like, all right, finally, it was like a sense of relief. Like, things are starting to get back on track. Um, yeah. So I was I was pumped for him. It just you don't want to see a guy, what? you know, yeah. relieved just by dumb luck have his career be ruined. Would he have won that first moto had he not fallen? I don't think so. Oh, I think I do. it's too much of a coincidence that once he had the fast time in qualifying, you were still wondering, you're like, okay, but he hasn't raced in a long time, and he's even admitted he's not maybe quite at 100% yet, you know, riding training-wise. So the big question would be, he's fast enough, but can he do that pace and that intensity for 30 minutes and two laps? I don't think it's a coincidence that that type of thing happened. I don't think it was just dumb luck what in do you, this case. What do you I think, JT? That's what you're seeing. Yeah, I have him in second. I think uh, I think Muscan found a rhythm there because he reeled those guys back in. Mm-hmm. He, he was right back on Webb, and then you know Adam was right in front of him for the most part. So right. I think Muscan would have gotten him because I, I just think he was too close, and I don't think Adam would have been able to kept that intensity level. But he would have gotten second. I have it for second for sure. Do you think, JT, that he fell because he was trying to tweet while he was racing about his lead? <laughs> no, I just think he was uh, I think he was riding on pure adrenaline and, and possibly was overexcited. I think he was trying a little bit too hard, which is natural. The guy hasn't raced in how long, and he's out there winning. Mm-hmm. I just think he pushed a little bit too hard. That's all. He, um, he texted me after the first moto. And he was like, what'd you think? And I'm like, yeah, it's good or whatever. Like, good job. You know what I mean? And he's like, uh, I'll podium the next moto if I don't get tired. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, probably. And then after the race, like yeah. shortly after the race, he texts me, I got tired. I'm like, yeah, you did. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, he, he was right, though. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? And I talked to him in an interview, and I'm like, you, you told me that. And he was like, yeah, because I kind of knew. I kind of felt like I didn't have a lot of, yeah. you know well. And I, I've been there. I haven't gone to the line thinking I'm going to win the second moto, but I have gone to the line thinking, right? How am I going to do this? <laughs> right. Like I, I'm in trouble. So, I got. Tr- I yeah, got... you know that feeling. Like you're just sitting there and you're already tired before the, you've even gone out for the hot lap. Yeah. And I guarantee you, everyone that races that level or pro nationals has felt that at some point in their career, and it's not a comforting feeling. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Martin and Marvin Muskan tied for the overall. Who was more impressive, though? It was Weege. Was there one? I mean, can you pick one guy that impressed you more? They kind of had copycat motos. Marvin in the second, and you know, couldn't get out in front right away, and worked his way up to get second. And Jeremy did the same thing in the first moto. So I, I, to, I think I'm going to give the edge to uh, Martin because I don't know what the problem with Martin was the first like ten minutes of moto one. I right. mean, he actually went backwards. I think Webb got him, Savaji got him, somebody else got him. He went back to sixth. Um, and I was like, man, what's the problem? And then, honestly, the last 20 minutes and two laps of that moto, he was awesome. Mm-hmm. And then the entire second moto, he was awesome. I feel like I feel like he was just as good as Muscan in the first moto, really, except for that, whatever the hell the problem was at the very beginning. And then the second moto, I think he was superior to everybody. So I'm going to give him the edge. And I just think that, in addition, I saw nothing different from how good he was last year, if not that he's even better. So I yeah. think that's bad news for everybody. Like, yeah. yes, Moose Cam's going to be good, but 
to see Martin ride like he did the second motor, I'm like, well, dude, he couldn't do anything with him last year. I don't know if they're going to do anything with him this year. He uh, he didn't like his shock in the first moto, he said. Changed that, and look what happened. So, you know what? I'm going to say yeah. that they were equally as awesome because I don't want to piss anybody off. So suck it, Weege. Okay. I, I, I think Martin, I I think Martin had the edge. Yeah. What did you say, JT? I'm going to say Martin got the edge. Okay, well, I like Muscan, so I will just say they were equally awesome. I like both of them. I like both of them, but in the spirit of not waffling, I'm trying to pick one here. I know. They were both pretty impressive, though. Do we know what's up with Webb for sure? I talked to uh, Bobby Regan. It is the ankle that he hurt in Supercross, so they're pretty worried. There will be MRIs. uh, I mean, we had, I don't know if you guys saw, we had him on TV. He pulled in the mechanics area. And he looked like he was hurting bad. Well, I was standing Way worse than I think he was in Vegas. I was standing right there, right behind your cameraman, so I saw everything. But I was kind of like, "Come on, dude, oh. get out of his face a little bit." I thought that was a little much. No, <laughs> I mean seriously, because the guy was almost in tears. You know what I mean? It was bad. Yeah. And I'm like, "Geez, bro." I don't think in Supercross he was hurting that level. I don't think from what we saw. Well, what about the cameraman? Can we get out of his grill the next time? No, am I off base here? Okay. Like I said, dude, we we're all about the storytelling and the drama. Okay, all right, all about it. Uh, yeah, that doesn't didn't look good though. Um, if we could have only gotten a camera in while Kenny was getting shot up for the second <laughs> moto, if we could only have done that, that would have been awesome drama. Right, Pla- Aldridge getting third. We touched on at the beginning of the show. That's awesome. Good job by him. Yeah. Now I heard from some other riders that did not get third, who shall go unnamed, <laughs> are like, dude, he used to live up here. So, did anybody know that? Anybody know if that was his track or anything? He Aldridge? told me he raced. I asked him. He, okay. he told me. Uh, he said he raced it a lot, but he raced it once a year. At you know, they it's called or was called the Dodge National. Like Hank's out of a pretty big amateur race. Mm-hmm. He said he started racing it in two thousand one, and then he probably hasn't raced it maybe the last three or four years. So, if once a year is a lot, I don't know. I don't know if that it's not necessarily John Dowd at Southlake. I don't think. Okay. Yeah. No. I. I you know what? I, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump in there. You know what I think it is though. I think it's that type of surface. Because he's a he's a Northwest guy, so I think he I think he rides that hard pack. He's good at Utah. Uh, he was good at Utah. A little bit edgy, yeah. you know, edgy hard pack type track, pretty well. I don't think it was necessarily just that track. I just think it's that surface that he excels on. Either either any yeah, good or not on that surface. Third place is awesome and a surprise. Absolutely, like a I'm not thinking. Yeah, yeah, no, a huge surprise. Like wow, right? Wow. Uh, Savachi was also very good. I thought that was a nice surprise. Too bad he went down in the second moto. He was right up there. So Pro Circuit could be back. Um, A-Rod, fifth overall. Good job by A-Rod. Yeah. Right? Strong. Plus, and an un-A-Rod, like, he was just solid yeah. the whole day. Yeah. It wasn't like yeah. burst of speeds and, or crashes. He was right. just on it, you know, stalking guys the whole time. And Weege, I think you said Plessinger was going to have a hard time this year, so you can suck it. So, Although... Yeah, I even asked him and his dad about that, and they they do not think. Well, his dad was kind of unopinionated, but I think Plessinger, him, Aaron himself, thinks he will not have problems. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying he was cocky, but I was like, do you think Supercross might end up being more your style than outdoors? And he's like, nope, this is what I grew up doing. I but, should be better at this. But let's face like, it, okay. though. Let's face He goes 10-8 for sixth. Like, welcome to the 250 class, right? 10-8 for sixth place. JT, I, I don't know if I've ever seen that. It's pretty good. Yeah, it happens. I mean, it's. You know, the outdoor scoring can get crazy, and especially in the 250 class, it's mm-hmm. up and down. It got DNSing and crashing and all kinds yeah. of stuff. So you can put two two decent scores together, you generally come out looking pretty good. Uh, Jesse Nelson had a bad day. He, he deserved better. He had a bad day. Scary crash with Bogle. 
Uh, I guess Bogle, they took him to the hospital, maybe shoulder injury, not exactly sure. So I guess we'll wait and see. Unless you, did either one of you two find out anything more? No, uh, I don't. No. Um, that was that was as not your fault as it can get. Did you see that crash? I saw the end of it. I just I was caught it uh, from far from the mechanics area. I was watching that yeah. straight away, and I caught the end of it. So. Yeah, he was behind Nelson, and Nelson just swapped. And then you could see Bogle and Mitter like, oh, crap, he's coming over on me. Right. And he just got, like, body checked in the air and then body checked by the ground. Um, Nelson's nothing, you, I mean, that, man, that's going to be a long road. Nelson's you know, usually, out of the year. Nelson's usually pretty good at Hangtown, so he had a bad day. He was up there, you know, but, yeah, not a good day. He came around the first moto, I think. What late. happened in the first moto? He crashed first lap. He came back. He came first or uh, second okay. lap he crashed because he came early on way back, you know. Okay. Uh, Hampshire, 11th place, decent. Osborne had a good second moto. First moto, he told me he didn't know what he was doing out there. So, um, Reslin was pretty solid, right? Um, decent day. Jordan Smith. Um, Jordan Smith did crash in the first moto, though, right? He was about seventh or eighth. Crash went down, I think, at some point. He uh, crashed. Like Jordan Smith crashed the uh, first lap. I think he was in third. Was he? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, JT, you told us Daniel Baker would be really fast if he can keep it upright, and he did one moto, 13th. Yeah, yeah, he had a great first yeah. moto. He actually moved forward a little bit. Right. Um, but, yeah, then the second moto, he crashed on the first lap right at the top where that step, big step-up used to be, and now it's kind of a small step-up. Yeah. Uh, he crashed right up there on the first lap, so kind of what I thought. I thought maybe he would have a chance at even being, you know, better than 13th at times. Yeah. Uh, I'd be interested to see what he would do with the whole shot because I'm telling you right now, the kid is not scared to twist the throttle. So. Dakota Alex F'd me on my fantasy team. Thanks, Dakota. I'm not really sure what happened to him all day. Um, I saw him out there, but never never anything good going on. Yeah, 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 not a lot. Um, what else? Uh, Peters had DNF to moto a couple times, or what, pulled the mechanics here a couple times. Peters, did you guys see Peters uh, getting gas? He, no, I didn't. Heard that. He stopped for a fuel. I, yeah, he's right in front of me. He stopped for to get gas. Not sure what he knows was going that's on. Not mandatory, right? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Coop, Air Coop pulled him in for tires and fuel. Or <laughs> he crashed on the first lap of the second moto. Yeah, he was he was screwed from the get go. Uh, yeah, uh, Bichelia was good. Solid day. Twelve shot. Whole shot. Yeah, whole shot. Yeah, shot. Um, I don't know though. What did he finish in that moto? We got the whole shot. Ten. He did drop back moto, right? Ten. Yeah. 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 I don't think that he's going to be pumped on that. I mean, top ten is always good in a deep class like that. But I mean, he he got passed by eleven dudes. So okay, I, right. I doubt he would be pumped. But I I, uh, I choose not to shit on riders, so that's fine. You can, Weech. That's fine. This is what I do. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was interesting. So, oh, Alex Martin, Alex Martin, oh, everybody. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, he almost podiumed right off the rip at Hangtown, which I would not consider no. his specialty of a track. He says he's always sucked there. He said he's never liked it, never done yeah. well. Yeah. Wow. He is going to be really, really good this year. Like, I don't know what he's taken, what he's done, what he's changed. I changed his X-Brand. He changed his goggle company. Oh, is that it? Yeah. No, that's, 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 is that that's it. that what did it this year? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh. Um. He's been a pro for like seven years, and that was the missing ingredient. Do you – okay, wait, wait, Weege. Now, you sound very excited, and I would say calm down a bit. JT, is, should Weege calm down a little bit? He's, On Alex Martin? Yeah. Uh, no, go nuts. <laughs> so he's this yeah. good. He's this good. 
He's I mean, it was okay, pretty damn listen, good. He got two podiums in Supercross in a deep field, the West, which is pretty deep, and you know he's going to be way better outdoors than in Supercross. And this isn't even a good track for him, and he did good. So you think like, you think four, five, six, or better, Weege, all day. This is now his new level. All day. Wow. Stamp it. Well, you want, you're asking me to temper my excitement on a guy that wears fly racing. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, hey, he, and he, he almost got a podium. He needed Aldridge in that second moto. He and, was trying. Like oh, he was. Man. And Osborne was coming on him, too. It was a nice little race going on there. Yep. It's, race within a race. I love seeing that. I love seeing the race within a race, late in the moto, uh, tracks rough as hell. These guys are tired, and I love that stuff, man. It really shows... It really shows me who's got it, and you know who's got heart, who's got desire. Um, you watch because you can see these guys. I mean, they're they're head shake. They're they're head is sh- they have head shake on the bike, and their head is shaking. They're so tired. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they're still just pinning it. I love that kind of stuff. Well, you see, like hey. what I notice is like them revving in the air, and then like he's looking for Aldridge, like trying to mark him and find out where he's at, and you know all the little spots where he could be coasting at that point of the moto, but they're not. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool stuff. Yeah, I like it. I like that. Speaking of that, did you see the first 450 moto? I can't believe it worked. Baggett and Anderson got hooked up a lot all day, just the way it happened to work out, which is brilliant. And it was the last lap of the first 450 moto. Did you see that? Like, Baggett was, I don't know if he just won a third or just got whoever was ahead of him or just realized it was Anderson specifically. <laughs> yeah. But those guys, Yeah. there was that and more. <laughs> Yeah, and, that, I got to beat this guy, and then a little extra mustard on it, too. And Anderson said on the podium, I don't know if you guys heard, Anderson was like, yeah, you know, he's a good rider. He rides his truck well. He just ran out of time. Just kind of like, eh. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You could see the way he said it, you yep. know what I mean? Just, just ran out of time. No. And so. the second moto, I mean, Baggett got right to, I mean, it was almost side-by-side side over the finish line jump. And the second moto, they were battling, and they just knew it was coming, and then they did a little break check, cat and mouse, after the finish line jump for a while, like, I just love it when guys, like, there's a chance you could run 24 motos and dudes won't even see each other on the track once just the way the circumstances work out. But then mm-hmm. there's situations like this where the guys always find each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah. we talked about Baggett being a potential sleeper. And, look, I mean, he didn't, you know, he didn't podium. Weston beat him. Jason Anderson beat him. But, um, uh, yeah, he's good. Baggett was good. Nothing wrong with that. Like, he didn't do anything to to you two guys to think that he wasn't uh wasn't going to be legit, right? Solid? No, I thought he was great. Yeah. Um, we could see. I don't know. I don't know if I'm. Are you guys sold on Anderson being in there? But I don't know if I am. But I could see Pike and Baggett going at it all summer. Uh, those two guys. Maybe Barsha, too. Barsha. Barsha whole shot the second moto. He didn't have anything for the first two guys. Got a little winded in the third. But I think overall it was a decent day for Barsha. Better than it's been. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 So. He was even second in, uh, was he second in both practices or just the first one? Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe just the first one. Yeah. But, but the point is, yeah, we actually saw, like, some signs of life. How long until he shaves his hair, his head? Like, it's going to get oh. hot. He's going to do it, right? Yeah. I don't know. God, that whole team is just, just like, they're just like Captain Caveman. All of them. Ben <laughs> and Weston and Barsha. Coy's got facial hair going on a lot. Like, they're, they're just yeah. – Patty can't grow any, but he probably would, you know, if he could. So, Phil – Phil's got, he looks at them like jealousy? Yeah, jealousy. yeah. Jealousy? Yeah. Well, Pat, yeah. Like, Patty does like to t- say that he's the only guy on the team with a diploma, like, like a college diploma or whatever. So, 
He likes to run oh, that. Oh, Koi must like that. <laughs> no, Koi told him it was from a school that didn't count. Was it, oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Koi told me that West Virginia University doesn't count, so the entire staff of Racer X basically doesn't have a degree, so very similar. <laughs> Koi gives everybody. Uh, yeah. d- did you go over and have a wiener schnitzel? You know, um, now that I'm on the TV crew, the, the uh, eating's always good. So oh, I didn't yeah. need to have a wiener schnitzel. I was already full. I mean, I did go over there and, of course, chat with the guys quite a bit. Um, but uh, but it was legitimate for this race. I mean, Bar Pike, they're a legitimate story. So I wasn't just over there just to hang with my buddies. Right. There were actual guys that actually have a Bar I'm like, hey, man, practice was good. Does this mean something? But you can tell, like, he doesn't know. Yeah. Like, he doesn't know what's right and what's wrong right now. He's, like, just trying to build something. Yeah. Um, yeah. What did you guys think of the track? JT, what did you think of Hangtown? You've been there 100 years for 100 times. What did you think? I thought it was all right. You know, pretty good. And certainly, you know, the last few years have been better. You know, since they brought in whatever that rice hole stuff is, uh, it's always been better than what we used to see in the, you know, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. So I thought it was fine. I thought we got, uh, you know, pretty lucky with the rain on Thursday night. I mm-hmm. thought it softened things up a bit. But, you know, I think weather-wise and track-wise, it was about as great, good as it can get. Right. The weather was just absolutely perfect. So, overall, oh. I thought it was fine. You know, it was rough and nasty. I didn't want to ride it. Right. That. No, no. Ouija. Made for a difficult racetrack. I'm sure, Ouija, I'm sure JT's favorite part was the fly 150 jump. I have no doubt on that. That was probably his favorite part. Yeah, I thought it would be more jumpable just because it was new. I'm like, I'm sure they got this thing figured out. It wasn't very, and what was it, 10%? Well, Adam's the only 250 guy that did it, or did, am I, did I miss that somebody? I think so. Hey, oh, yeah, I saw. By the way, Adam Cincerillo is taller than I am, and I'm a shade under six feet. He's taller than I am. So Yeah, he's, he's re- growing. I talked to his mom after the race, and she said at one point she didn't see him for like three or four weeks or something, like uh-huh. when he's on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And even she was like, wow, you've gotten big. Like his own mom. <laughs> he's growing that fast. No, he's a monster now. Yeah, he's huge. So... Um, yeah, yeah, I think he's JT, it's only in motocross, probably the only sport besides being a jockey, where he's probably hoping that it's over. Yeah. Like, um, I don't think he wants to get any tall. I remember Dunn, she was probably a similar height, saying the same thing around this time, like when he's in the 250s. Yeah. Hopefully I don't get any taller. And I'm like, wow, only in motocross. JT, did you like the Fly 150? Did it meet your expectations? I thought it was pretty cool. I wish, you know, I... I the good thing I will say is they kept fixing the turn before it mm-hmm. and fixing the jump face, which I thought helped allow people to do it. Uh, I wish more 250 guys would be able to do it. That would have been cool. But I, I thought for the amount of publicity and all that stuff, like people are genuinely excited about it. So that was that was good. Yeah, it was oh, genuinely, you know, generally I was, I was happy. Okay. All right. Would you have liked it if it was the Fox 150? Uh, probably wouldn't have mentioned it nor uh, yeah, talked about it or anything else. Acknowledged it. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. No, I, I mean it was obviously great for us. You yeah. know, there's other things out there like that. So yeah, it, it was good for us to have something like that. Do you, JT? Do you think Grant will be back for Glen Helen? Uh, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. I think the last post he wrote something about was see you at Glen Helen. Okay. All right. And Seeley should be okay too. Seeley said uh, be at Glen Helen. So. Bad, bad crash for Sealy. All right, we're going to wrap this up uh, with some surprises and disappointments. Weege, give me your surprise in the 250 class and your disappointment in the 250 class after round one of the outdoors. I'm gonna, thanks for asking me first, because obviously I can say Aldridge on the podium and just steal that. Who else? 
Well, but I mean, that's obvious. That. That's, that's obvious. I mean, you know, maybe there's something else. I, I think my surprise is Cincerillo. You guys weren't surprised, but I knew he'd be good, top five. But hey, man, I thought I think he would have won that first moto. I, I know I, you two don't agree with me, and you know, yeah, he's right there now. He's to me, he's right there uh, on a track he's never raced on or whatever. So I was surprised at how good he was. I knew he'd be good, but he was very, very, very good. So that's my surprise, JT. I'm gonna go. Let me think about this for a second. I'm gonna say my 450 surprise. Are we going? Are we going two video only? It, it, yeah, we're doing both. But you can do, just go ahead and break the rules. You always do. Okay, um, 250. I to go along with the rules. It, how can you go away from Aldridge? That's tough. Um, yes. Thanks for asking me first. Okay, yeah, you can pick Aldridge. That's fine. I, I, yeah, I'm going to give Weege some credit here because he his uh, he was pumping Alex Martin up, and I was I was really surprised with his second moto how good he was. But I don't know. I don't know how you can not pick Alex Martin or Aldridge. So, yeah, it, it sounds a little redundant, but you have to go with those two. Well, I picked Adam Cincerillo. Uh, well, I, I know where Weege is going to go. You have to pick one of those. Two. Disappointment in the 250 class. My disappointment in the 250 class. Um, I'm going to say Bogle. Okay. Weege? Uh, mine's Nelson. Yeah, I think mine's Nelson, too. Not a, not a great yeah, thing. Plus, I think he, he's, you know, as motocross goes, I mean, it's not in his backyard, but he is technically more of a NorCal guy. So I thought he'd be maybe even especially good there. But, but what did you guys think of Bogle's first moto? What do you make of that? Mm. Yeah. yeah. He got worked pretty good there. But I don't know, man. It, you know, it's like, see what happened to Pike in his first moto? I just feel like the first outdoor moto of the year, it, it, sometimes it means nothing. Yeah, he just looks like, so good, and then all of a sudden it looks so bad. Right, and I feel like that's the type of thing that just sometimes happens in the first moto of the year, no matter who you are. Right. Yeah. Uh, four fifty. for the year, Kennard won the um, title. I think he whole shot the first moto and just went back to eighth. And it was like, what the hell happened? And then the second moto, he got on the podium, and he was good the rest of the year. It's just, JT, you know better than me, but that transition, I think, sometimes does bite you. Oh, without a doubt. I struggled yeah. year in and year out with that. Yep. All right, disappointments and surprises in the 450 class. I'll go first. Uh, so All second, right. everybody. I will say my disappointment was probably Chad Reed. Uh, I knew he would struggle. I, I didn't have high hopes for him. Judging off what we've seen him, but I think he struggled more than I thought considering his starts. So I'm sorry, Chad Reed, but uh, you get my disappointment of the day. And my surprise was I'm going to go a little off the board. Anderson and all that's pretty easy to say. My surprise was Tickle, man. He was solid. No, no, no. My surprise was Norn. Sorry. Tickle was, Tickle was good, but my surprise is Norn. That was a good job by Freddie. It was. It was. I, I Yeah, that's, that's a great pick, actually, with Norn. I think my disappointment, hmm. uh, I think there's a few. Like, you know, I want to say Sealy, but that's not fair. He didn't even get to race. Yeah, um, yeah he had a good qualifying. Yeah. Sealy was good in qualifying. so Yeah, he was. He was. You're right. Um, Barsha's first moto wasn't, wasn't good. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think even with, you know, forget about the crash. It wasn't good even before then. Um, gosh, I, I can't pick Chad. I just can't do it. My heart won't let me do it. 
Will your heart? Uh, go, does your heart go on like Celine? <laughs> it might. It might. If you, going if, on to Glenn Helen. If you were the if you were Rose on the door and Chad was Jack, you would jump in the water and give Jack the door. Um, I don't know. I, I would try to. I would try to save us both. <laughs> okay. I don't think I don't know that I'm willing to Why? die for him. Okay. All right. Um, you could say Will Hahn, factory Cali rider, first ride back. I mean, we, yeah, you know, I feel bad for Will. Though. I'm trying to cut him some slack. Okay. I mean, great. no. I mean, you got to cut him some slack. But I told him, you know. He asked me what I thought would be a good finish for him, and I'm like, yeah, 12-12. And he's like, I would have taken 12-12 all day. <laughs> I'm going to say my biggest disappointment was, because he was on my fantasy team, was Vince Freeze. I don't know what he was doing out there. He was up there in one moto, right? Yeah, but it, was, it went badly. Did it? I watched him, and I'm just like, he was getting passed. And, and this is no – I'm not trying to take away from people, but I feel like he's better than a guy like Tony Archer. Mm-hmm. And I watched Tony Archer – catch him, pass him, and ride away from him. And I was just like, come on, man. Because he was on my fantasy team, so I'm obviously rooting for him. So, yeah, I'll say Vince Freeze is my disappointment because I expected him to come in. You know, he, he hasn't. He should have been preparing for these outdoors, so I thought he'd be pretty good. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Weege? Um, my disappointment, this is going to be kind of weird, and it's probably going to make no sense. But <clears throat> I thought... I think I was a little too hyped up on Baggett. I thought there was going to be a sign of, yeah, he could be right there matching everything that Tomac and Dunge or even Roxon if he's healthy, can throw out there. I mean, it wasn't a bad day by any means, but there was no signs of that. So maybe I was just being unrealistic coming in. I think a lot of these kids who are moving up to the 450s will just be like, holy crap, man, I just raised my first national on them, and it's uh, a lot harder than I thought. So maybe I should have given them the, the handicap of that. I just thought, especially at Hangtown, where he's been really good before, that there was going to be a, oh, my God, look at Baggett uh, moment, and we never got to that level. Not like he rode bad, mm-hmm. but uh, although that was a little disappointing. A surprise, like in a positive way, I don't know. Like I, I feel like, uh, I mean, Anderson won. I was solid that he got on the podium. I mean, he's not, He's again, he's not a chump either. And you look at the way those motos went, there were like six guys who were basically the same speed, and they flip-flop scores. I don't even know if I have a surprise. Except I guess I was impressed that Norrin was, Norrin was absolutely part of that entire group. Mm-hmm. What there were like probably seven guys from like third through tenth or eleventh that were very similar, and he was right there with him. So I, I guess I'd vote that one. Okay. All right, JT. How many points did you yeah. get at MotocrossFantasy.com? My first time playing it. How many points did you get? It went. I would say terribly would be an understatement. I got as bad as it can go. I got three hundred fifty-five. Yeah, you smoked me. I'm, that's when I'm saying, like, Vince Freeze doesn't finish. Yeah. Nick Schmidt doesn't finish. Uh, it was just terrible. I mean, okay. absolutely terrible. Uh, Brock Schmillian was the number one replacing guy in the, out of everybody in the 450 class. Very surprising. Yeah, it was uh, tough, man. When, a... you, when guys don't finish motos that are supposed to uh, all day, they don't finish any moto all day, things are going to go poorly. <laughs> things are not going to go well. No. Hey, hey, did you see Coulon race, JT? Yeah, I talked to him. Yeah, I didn't even know he was there until I saw the results. I'm like, oh, wow, shit. Yeah, cool yeah, he's a, he's a good guy, man. He's a yeah. long-time journeyman guy, right. super nice, no ego. I never so – It was cool to see him. Never thought yeah. of him as an outdoor guy, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. but he does. He races, you know, like yeah. just like all those guys do. Um, but he's going to race Glen Helen, and then he goes back to Europe after that. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, anything else, guys? Glen Helen this weekend? Are we – Sasquatch is the word. Sasquatch. Moving on to Glen Helen, like Chad Reed. <laughs> yeah, we are. 
Uh, I just want to apologize to Kenny Roxon for thinking he was a dick. Now I understand he was not really allowed to talk. So now I understand. Okay. All right. He's fine. Uh, I just want to get that out there. Right. And I just I just want to get out the fact that you teams are are all idiots. You should tell us when the riders hurt and stop. Okay. I stop. thought that was already out there. <laughs> I just I stop <laughs> stop at the games. But the, but again, I'm the old man now on the porch yelling to stay off my lawn. Seriously. So okay, BTOSports.com, RacerX uh, podcast, Hangtown wrap up presented by Fox Racing, Jason Wygant and Jason Thomas. Thanks, guys, and we will reconvene. In uh, in one week, we will also have top Jimmy Albertson joining us on this very show. So sounds good. All cool. right, guys. See ya. All right. See ya. See ya. This has been the BTOSports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as the Bad Boy Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The beast from the east, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. Been no problem. My my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't want to ride and you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over five hundred more great motocross podcasts. And the months and the years go.